The History Man with Terry Kringle. Hello. Imagine, if you will, a man who stumbles upon buried treasure and doesn't realise it. Step forward out of the past, a Douglas builder's labourer by the name of John Stephen. We go back to a summer's day in June 1894, when John was digging a trench for the foundations of a house to be built on what was then a field alongside Derby Road in Douglas. Two feet down, his pick knocked to one side the top of what appeared to be a kind of casket made of stone, and inside this there were piles of coins. John picked one up, saw that it was dirty and corroded, and decided it was worthless and that the others must be as well. He started digging them out and tossing them to one side. This didn't go unnoticed by passers-by, and especially small boys. They knew money when they saw it. They picked up the coins and went off with them. Meanwhile, John found something else, a bracelet. He rubbed the dirt off it and found it was made of yellow metal. He thought it was brass, but it was gold. Unfortunately, he didn't find this out until much later, when it was established that he had unearthed a one thousand years old cache of Saxon coins and ornaments, made of gold, silver, and copper, worth not just a small fortune but a great big one, enough to set John Stephen up for life. Except that he had let a lot of his treasure fall into the hands of other people. Now the Crown Receiver was called in to investigate, and he decided it must be treasure trove, and as such belonged to the Crown. This meant the coins and ornaments that had been carried off by so many other people had to be brought back into legal custody. The police were called in to see what they could do. It wasn't going to be easy. There were stories that some of the coins alone had been changing hands discreetly at up to thirty pounds a time. People were not prepared to surrender them, not even to Queen Victoria. In the end, it had to be acknowledged that a great deal of the treasure was lost and going to stay that way in private hands. After this, a jury had to be empanelled to try and establish the value of the treasure with the help of experts from London. It was decided that what there was was worth about a thousand pounds, a lot of money, in 1894. This brought John Stephen back into the picture. He had actually kept some of the coins and nine of the ornaments for himself and he realised that there was still something in it for him, even though it was not what might have been if he had been quicker on the uptake. He flatly refused to part with his booty, not even allowing the police to take it into safe keeping for him. But the final verdict was inevitable. John's find was treasure trove, and the property of the Crown, and it all had to be sent off to the Imperial Treasury in London. All John had was a right to a reward, in hard cash, and he stuck out for this. There was some official sympathy in the Isle of Man for him, and for a year there were negotiations on his behalf conducted with the Treasury, and in the end he got his money. Unhappily for him it turned out to be no more than forty-one pounds. Mind you, even this was something of a windfall for a nineteenth-century building worker in the Isle of Man and perhaps he was satisfied enough. We just don't know, a hundred and twenty-five years on from then.
What I would like to think now is that in his later years, when he was digging out foundations for houses, there was always a good crowd around to see what he might find this time.